worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod, and today I'm joined in studio by members of the Catholic School Board here in Fort McMurray. Um, can you just say your name and what you do? Hi, I'm Kathy Langmead, and I'm the current board chair for the Board of Trustees. Hi, I'm Natasha MacArthur-Poole, and I'm the superintendent of Fort McMurray Catholic Schools. So the school board meeting occurred earlier this week. Kind of what was discussed, like an overview of that? Yes, yeah, so we had our uh, board meeting on Monday, and it was hosted at uh, Elsianic Catholic School. So um, what we've changed things up a little bit this year, and we're asking schools if they want to host our board meetings at the schools. It gives us an opportunity as trustees to be able to see what uh, what kind of great activities and and celebrations are going on in the school. So um, this week, Elsianic um, presented to us, and they presented to us um, on on their early entry program and their kindergarten program. The early entry program, uh, just so you know, there's an open house next week uh, as well. So we went through their various classrooms and the activities that they do with the children. Um, they also showed us they have a full day uh, program through FSCD and so um, that offers children with disabilities an opportunity to go for a whole day and have one-on-one -on -one support with their um, with their EA. So with the early entry program is that just for the like students with disabilities or is that kind of for all students? No, early entry program is offered to um, all students depending on space but it it focuses on the children that have maybe additional needs not necessarily um, any not necessarily severe disabilities but children that need any any other needs like maybe speech speech needs motor skills that type of thing as well uh, to give them kind of a bit of a leg up so to speak before they start kindergarten and with the kindergarten programming how is it different from other schools do they kind of speak on that the presentation that Elsa Yannick gave us was specifically on their students that are funded through FSCD. So in terms of the kindergarten programming, the kindergarten program programming at Elsie Yannick is similar to all of our schools. So we offer half day programming in our buildings. There are a few students that would um, that may qualify for a full day of programming. Um, sometimes we have, um, it, and, it, and really the number of students that are involved in that varies through each of our schools. Uh, Elsie Yannick took us through their programming because they've, um, they're experiencing an increase in numbers of students that qualify for the full day funding. And when you have more students that qualify, you also have to um, have a space for them at lunchtime. So typically our EAP and our kindergarten students do leave the building. Um, when they're done for the day for their half day programming and when it's a full day programming you know you have to have a special location for them for their lunch and and we they've um, worked really hard to get all of their EAs working together um, that are in the program so that they're building the social the social skills of these students as well so some of them 
um, need extra help in terms of making conversation with their peers and that's so that having a lunch space for them allows for that to happen. Some of these students also have um, pretty unique dietary issues so they you know sometimes we have a student that might only eat cheerios that's the food that they eat so it really is a way of supporting these students in um, increasing the variety of foods that they eat so it, it and it when we work with the family so that's what's really good about this so it's not only helping us at the school level but it is also helping um, the, the parents and um, giving them some skills to help build up their child's vocabulary, build up their child's motor skills, build up their child's um, food variety of foods that they will eat. So it's a really great, it's a great program. So it was nice to see the unique things that Elsa Yannick has done to facilitate the, the growing number of students that they're getting in their school. The St. Martha School Art Program, it spoke on that you guys had some art pieces, kind of what was shown, what does that program offer and how does it benefit the students within the program? So uh, St. Martha um, principal and vice principal came and they brought three students from their triple thread program as well as the instructor for that program. So um, we want to give a shout out to the instructor, Susanna Tibble. She's done an amazing job uh, working with the students. The triple thread consists of arts, drama and music. Um, so this was their first year attending the Oil Sands uh, Rotary Music Festival and the choir received gold um, and and that's not Susanna's uh, main strength music so she's kind of kind of learning as she goes so the fact that they got gold I think is a pretty awesome accomplishment um, and arts is is definitely more her jam kind of thing and so for instance one of the things she's done is she's done an art mural in St. Martha's School um, at the very front of the school that is just an amazing depiction of um, of Jesus with the children and uh, you know really really highlights some of our Catholic identity so um, that and the arts and so the students spoke about um, how, how their specialty, um, how it impacted them, and how they feel it impacts others. So they really spoke very well about the three different areas of arts and how important they are to students um, and to mental health and growth. So it was a really great presentation. And then switching over to more sports, Holy Trinity won silver at the Basketball Provincials. What was that kind of journey like and how did they stand out? We play in zone two, three. I think that's our school, the, the zone that our schools in Fort McMurray are located in. Um, and um, some of the schools in the zone include uh, high schools from St. Paul and Lloydminster and Bonneville, et cetera. So we're not always guaranteed a spot in, in provincials. So we've been to provincials before with our with our men's and ladies basketball teams from our, our high schools. What was unique this year was um, we were the first um, high school from north of Edmonton, I believe. I think it's not just Fort McMurray, north of Edmonton to make it to the provincial finals. So that was something, a really significant uh, goal that, or like a, a significant accomplishment that the team made. We have, the nice thing about our team, um, it is, um, there's there's a few grade 12s, but lots of grade 11 students. So it bodes well for maybe a provincial championship next year. We have a really great coach. Our coach Grass is a volunteer. So he's um, 
not a teacher in our school division so it's really great when we get um, coaches from the city that have a passion for their sport and obviously his passion is in basketball so it's it's really nice to see that he's sharing that his his passion for basketball with the students at Fort McMurray Catholic and specifically at Holy Trinity so we're really looking forward to the accomplishments that they get next year but are really proud of what they did this year and how they represented Fort McMurray Catholic. Switching over to the baseball trip to Florida was that also like a competition or was that more just like a training thing what did they learn how did they do how did it impact them? So we have um, a baseball academy at at, uh, Father Mercury High School and they typically go on a trip every two or three years. It's been a while because of COVID since they've been able to go on an um, out-of-country trip and their trips are usually associated with spring training so they get to go down um, um, to either, I think it's mostly been to California, they've done um, California, Arizona and Florida. Those are where all of the, 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 the spring training facilities are and they take they partake in a in a in a spring training at of course at their at their level but there's specialized coaches that will work with our pitchers specialized coaches that work with our infield outfield players etc so it is an opportunity for them to get coaching from a different perspective different person as well um, they often will play against um, teams so fortunately this year there was a lot of other schools that were also partaking in the facilities um, and getting the additional coaching so they were able to play with um, some some teams that they um, beat and some teams that beat them so so it was nice to see that they were sort of in the middle of the pack in terms of the teams that were there and they had a really big accomplishment so they had I guess it um, a perfect game is really significant in baseball and they had I guess what would be called a modified perfect game because they had two pitchers that basically um, together combined for a perfect game and they're pretty proud of the fact that they did this first team ever in Trappers history and we've had uh, Baseball Academy since 2010 so it's been around for a while Um, I think they've made Coach Easton are are proud of the fact that the baseball is signed and it's going to be part of our um, trophy um, display in the front atrium of Father Mercury so they're really happy about their accomplishments and it's a good it's a really a good way for our our students to um, expand their skill set outside of the the coaches that they normally get exposed to and they always come away learning something new and then it benefits our um, FMMBA as well because they take those skills and they use it um, at the local level and then also this gives our our students who are really gifted in baseball that can uh, apply for scholarships in the states to attend universities in the states and this is a really good way for them to um, see that their sports skill can help them academically so it's it's a great opportunity for them I, j- cool. I just wanted to mention too that um, it was a co-ed team that we sent down and a uh, special shout out to Junior DeMartin and Colton Snedden, who were the two uh, pitchers for that Pitch Perfect game and their win over Germantown. We're here in studio with Natasha and Kathy from the Catholic School Board. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper and Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're joined in studio by Kathy and Natasha from the Catholic School Board. 
Speaking of education, coming up is Catholic Education Week. What's kind of the history and what does it mean within like Fort McMurray schools for you guys? So Catholic Education um, is coming up May 15th to 19th, and World Catholic Education Day is on May 18th. Um, so it's, it's a week where we highlight Catholic education maybe a little bit more. Um, I mean, we have the Christian faith pretty much uh, permeates all of our schools all of the time, but it's an opportunity to um, to highlight um, how how we use our faith within the schools and how that um, affects our students in a positive and academic mental health and um, those various ways. And um, it's a reminder that for Catholics on World Catholic Education Day on May 18th to please wear blue. Speaking of school calendar, kind of talked on that. Um, how many people work on it? Usually how long does it take you guys? And were there any major changes this year that you'd want to touch on? The, well, we had the, the board approved our school calendar for the 2023-24 school season um, on Monday night. The, the process, we do really start it usually in the new year. So it's something that we, that we start in January. We do work with the public school division in our school calendar because we do share, we, we, we um, share busing. So we want to make sure that our holidays and, and our PLF Fridays, et cetera, are, are the same. Um, and it's just a lot of our, not a lot, but we have families that have students that attend the public and the Catholic, so it's just easier for them if the calendars are really similar. So we do, um, I draft a, um, the first, um, our first sort of draft of the calendar. We, the first stakeholder group is the, the, uh, the public school division, so we look at what their first draft is and compare it to ours, and we, we make the days that might be a little bit different. We, um, we work together and then um, I sent it to my principals and, and to get their feedback and then they they worked with their support staff and teacher staff to look at it and then school councils had it for parents to give their feedback so it's um, it does take a little while a lot longer than I thought it would so this is my first as a, my first year as superintendent and I really thought school calendar would be one of the easier tasks that I get to do every year, but it really wasn't. So it is it is important to get everybody's feedback and and look at and really look at the historical um, sort of the the history of our calendar and why it ended up the way it is. We have we realized this year we had lots of new staff that really didn't know why our calendar was the way it was and it was really important to sort of bring back the history of it and the the differences that we've had over the years so um it is a it's a it's a typical school calendar it's you know it, we we have obligations that we have to make in it and it's so it's i think we've done a good job of of um including everybody's state all, all sort of concerns etc that we had for it yeah that definitely sounds like a lot of layers yes. to go through and <laughs> make sure everyone's happy switching over to the robotics team got a spot in world championships where is that being hosted what is the competition going to be like and kind of how are they preparing so um, this is for our VEX robotics teams. Both of these teams are um, at, at Father Mercury High School. They've been um, competing really throughout the year. So they do competitions um, in the province. We hold our own VEX competition as well for a local competition. That was um, just after 
November. November, so it was just before Christmas. And some of the some of the competitions they attend are, are considered to be world qualifiers. So if you win those competitions, you automatically get an invite to Worlds. So we had um, our first team get a um, win a competition and get a world qualification. Qualification, and I think it was about a month or six weeks later, our second team um, won a competition and was qualified um, to, to, to attend Worlds. This isn't our first trip to Worlds, but it is. Um, um, always significant when our when our teams get there. Um, this year, it's still being held in Texas, so it's been in Texas the last couple of years. Dallas, yeah. Texas. So we have um, a t two teams going. Um, when you th when we always, I think right now people when they travel always worry about their luggage and just be thankful that you don't have to transport robots because transporting robots and all the things that go along with the robotics competition really bring, brings a whole new level to what it means to losing your luggage or making sure that it's packed appropriately. So just be thankful that you're not um, bringing robots to you know Hawaii and places when we're, when we're traveling. So that's uh, what we're currently um, doing is packing all the robots because they leave they leave next week, so it's right around the corner. So um, we are really looking forward to the competition and perhaps bringing a banner home because now that we've had experience at Worlds, now we can make an impact for Fort McMurray there. Well, good luck to them. We hope they do well. We're here in studio with Natasha and Kathy from the Catholic School Board. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're joined in studio by Kathy and Natasha from the Catholic School Board. Switching over to the Skills Alberta, more of a centralized thing. Is this a competition? Is it more a learning opportunity? How many students are going and what kind of skills will they get to learn, expand on? So Skills Alberta really starts at the local level. So this is um, a competition for um, our students that are taking CTS classes. So this um, CTS classes are uh, career and technology studies. So th these are courses that are options or electives that are um, that start in junior high and even in elementary, they're, they're called CTF or Career and Technology Foundations. So these are courses that are helping our students get invested in a career choice. So figuring out what they want to do when they grow up. Um, so at the, at the Skills Alberta level, some of our students have had to compete at the local level to get a spot at Skills Alberta. Others get um, right to Skills Alberta. So we have students that are competing in culinary arts, um, um, hair aesthetics and, and um, hairstyling. We have a robotics competition. So our kids that are, that are coming back from Worlds basically have a few days at home and then they're back off to Skills Alberta for robotics competition. We have welders, we have carpenters, we have electrical, we have all of these kids that are showcasing skills that we don't really associate with high school students. So we think, you know, math, language, social, etc. And these are kids that are amazing at their craft and um, uh, really it gives them a whole new look at what they can do with um, 
something that maybe they think is a hobby, but it actually can make the money when they when they leave us and graduate. So we have kids that are competing, and then we also have kids that are going to look that would be future competitors. So younger students that aren't competing, but they actually get to tour the venue, see the competition, see all the things that they could participate in. Um, we also, I for, completely forgot, we also have kids that compete in public speaking. That's another one that is a important skill for, like, I'm sure you've done public speaking as a radio yeah. host, so there's that skill as well. Um, and then we also have, um, um, and I'm going to forget the acronym, it's not Women in Trades, but the um, it's for, for, for students, or for female students that may... Um, be interested in in non in in trades and and jobs that wouldn't be um, typically uh, we have female uh, participation in. So they get to take a look and have an opportunity to see what it might be uh, like to be a carpenter or a welder, etc. So it is a competition, but it also is really just an opportunity to see um, what what careers are out there and and if you're in Edmonton I really encourage anybody to go by it's at the Expo Center in Edmonton you see a whole side of teenagers that you don't typically see and they are um, absolutely amazing and the things that the skills that they have yeah it's it the first time I went I was blown away by the level of uh, skill that our kids have um, coming out of or high school, like grade 10, grade 11 students being able to build um, a smaller version of a house in two days. That's like, that's a skill for <laughs> carpenters, like crazy. They're just super passionate. Super passionate, like, yeah. Super and passionate. with the younger kids that are going, is that like, were they chosen or did they sign up? They signed up. So it's our um, um, grade nines get to go. So it's, we, it, it's hard, a little harder to travel with the younger, like grade sevens and eights. So it is something that we... Um, offer to our grade nines and we do take a diversified bus so it gives us an opportunity to really fill all the seats on the bus so we have students that are coming from both Holy Trinity and Father Mercury for the competition. And kind of as we're getting closer to the end of the school year, school's coming to a close, wrapping up, people moving up in grades, are there any events people can attend or places to get more info to kind of ease anxiety whether it's switching schools, going into another grade? Um, well we always encouraged uh, our, our families and and people in the community to check out our websites because we have lots of information about how to register for Fort McMurray Catholic Schools. Right now we are working on um, transitions for our grade six students that are moving out of their elementary schools into our two, uh, two high schools. This is always a big change for our students. They've been in elementary for, you know, sometimes seven, seven, eight years if they've gone from EEP to grade six in a school. And for a lot of our parents and a lot of our students, they've, they're, they're moving from a school that might be, you know, 250 students, 300, 400 students, and they're moving to a school that has over a thousand students. And it is it can be really stressful so we we've had events going on where our grade sixes have come to the high school and are have done tours of the schools they um, are um, having open houses so that parents can come in and see what's going on so we um, really encourage 
um, our families that are interested to, um, if, they're, if they don't attend for McMurray Catholic, but they're interested in just to check out our web pages for more information. Um, our students that are in our, our Catholic educate or Catholic elementary schools um, have already participated and, and know about the events. But if you're if you're new to Fort McMurray and want to attend one of our two high schools, I encourage you to check out their web pages for information. What are the dates for the open houses? So Father Father Mercury's open house is on May the first from six thirty to eight p.m. And so all families or students who are interested in checking that out can head down there then. And also Holy Trinity's is on May the tenth from six to eight p.m. And there will be a pe presentation for families at seven p.m. Um, in addition to the grade sixes maybe going to the high schools to check them out the high schools also go to the grade sixes as well so staff and students mm -hmm. um, will go and and uh, just kind of highlight some of their programming for elementary students as well yeah. and it's also important to note sometimes our, our families think that it's it, it's only the students that are entering grade seven that can attend the open house but really it's anybody that is interested in attending from any grade from seven to twelve is more than welcome to come to the open house and check out our great facilities that our kids have for robotics our great facilities that are that that we have for our our students in the the CTS area that allow them to be able to go to skills Alberta competitions etc our baseball academy, hockey academies, etc. So, and the arts to see. and, and the, the arts, arts program, program. <laughs> the theater and the the dance programming that we have at Holy Trinity. So, there's lots to see in both of our in both of our high schools. Yeah, lots to offer. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on and talking to us, and I appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you very much, mm -hmm. Alex. Thank you. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.